Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome Vinny Tortorich. chain triglyceride is like buying a bed at Ikea. When you buy the bed, you have the frame and it's all separate. You have the mattress, the box spring, the sheets, the covers. Well, you can easily walk that bed into a bedroom, right? You walk it into the door. But then once you set it up in that bedroom, it's hard to get that bed out unless you work to break it down. Think of a long chain triglyceride that way. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azad here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'm excited to bring back this episode with Vinny Tordrich. Uh, this was aired over a year ago, actually a couple years ago, we had so much fun and I thought this would be a great episode to re-upload for you either to hear it again or to hear it for the first time. Vinny, Mr. No Sugars, No Grains himself, he's going to share his powerful inspirational backstory. He's going to get into insulin, saturated fats, and a lot more. And I'm going to play that full interview with you shortly. But the reason I wanted to share this episode again is because I'm sharing the stage with Vinny Tortorich and other incredible speakers this July in Austin, Texas at KetoCon. KetoCon is officially back for an in-person event at beautiful Austin, Texas. This event is gonna be amazing. I'm doing a keynote lecture Sunday morning followed by my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pampa, followed by my colleague, Dr. Mindy Pels. We have set our lectures up to be cohesive, back to back to back, to really deep dive into keto, diet variation, keto flexing, thyroid health, breaking a fast, and much more. But not only that, the lineup of speakers are incredible. A lot of them have been on the show, like Katherine Arnston, also Chris Bear from Keto Chow, Dr. Sean Baker, who's gonna speak about carnivore, Zach Bitters, who's a professional keto long-distance runner. Dr. Annette Bosworth, so Dr. Boz. Michael Brandt from HVMN. Dr. Anna Kabeka. We also have other speakers, which include Kara Collier from NutriSense. We do a lot of work with them. Judy Cho, my friend Bronson Dent. Jesse Cushenberry. Reed Davis from FDN. I'm an FDNer. Logan Delgado. Larry Diamond. Abigail from House of Keto, Maria Emmerich, Craig Emmerich, Tara Garrison, Daniel Hamilton, Dr. Amy Horniman, Dr. Stephen Hussey, Chris Irvin, Dr. Anthony J, Judith from Keto for the Soul, Autumn Jones, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, our good friend Cynthia Thurlow, Bill Schindler, 
Mr. Barton Scott, we love him, Jonathan Shane, Robert Sykes, Temple Stewart, and there's a lot more. I could go on and on and on, but I'd be here for about 10 minutes. The lineup of speakers are incredible, and I encourage you to join us. We're also going to do a Keto Camp meetup for the Keto Campers out there. We're going to get lunch or dinner together. We're still coordinating that. And I'm also doing a special VIP session for the uh, VIP members, a Q&A session. So if you want to learn more about KetoCon and attend in person, I would love to see you. And by the way, Vinny Tortorich as well is going to be there. I forgot to mention him. He's the one on today's episode, which is why I wanted to repurpose that. And Danny Vega, Sean Wells, Anna Vocino, and so many others. I mean, these people, they're friends and colleagues and inspirations to me. And I'm, I'm excited personally to watch them in person. I'm going to soak it all in. I'll be there all weekend taking notes with you. And so I'll be there and we'll do a Keto Camp meetup. If you want to learn more about the event, head to ketocon.org, ketocon.org. We have a special coupon code for you to get 10% off your ticket price. Whether you're doing one day, three day, or VIP, you can get 10% off. All you need to do is go to ketocon.org, use Keto Camp at checkout. That is K E T O K A M P at checkout to get 10% off. And we would love to see you there. The folks over at Ketocon, Robin Switzer, and everybody else who is putting this all together, they're awesome great community. We've had Robin Switzer on the show before too. So hope to see you there. That's why today's episode is being repurposed. And then a quick reminder, we are about 12 days away from our seven-day keto challenge. If you want to learn more about that and sign up for free, head to ketocampchallenge.com. We have featured speakers including Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. Daniel Pompa, Dr. Mindy Pels, Dr. Ben Bickman, myself, and Alina from the Keto Camp team. It's going to be seven days of a masterclass. You're going to get a PhD in keto, intermittent fasting, carnivore, etc. It's free. Head to ketocampchallenge.com. We'll drop links for both KetoCon and Keto Challenge, Keto Camp Challenge down below in the podcast notes. So check that out. So I'm going to share with you now the full interview with Vinny Tortorich. You're going to love him. He's so much fun. His energy is great and the man is committed. So here's the full interview with Vinny Tortorich. Enjoy. Today's episode is with Vinny Tortorich. Vinny has one of the top-rated podcasts in the world, and he's been in the podcast space since the very beginning, called The Fitness Confidential Podcast, which happens to be the name of his best-selling book. He's been in the health space for about 40 years, uh, a trainer to celebrities and a health coach and just an amazing man who is so funny. He's got a great personality. He is on The Adam Carolla Show a lot, and he does a lot of great uh, comedic work, not just with the health, but also I consider him a comedian. Today's conversation was so much fun because we learned about Vinny's story on how he got into the space with Hollywood and how they used to call him up, uh, celebrities would, or their agents would call him up and say, hey, we need this actor or actress to get tip-top shape for this movie starting in 12 weeks. And Vinny would be the guy to do so, and you'll learn about that. You learn about his book, The Fitness Confidential, which you could get purchased today with the link in the notes of this podcast. And you'll learn why Vinny never used the word keto. He was teaching keto back in the day before it was popular, but he never really used that word. You're going to learn why. You're going to learn about his no sugars, no grains approach, why insulin is so important to understand, but in, and why insulin is not the bad guy. It's actually a beautiful process and how it could be the bad guy when you do it the wrong way. So he breaks down insulin very well. Then we get into the question of, can eating too much fat make you fat? Hmm, you'll find out. What about drinking heavy cream? Can you drink too much heavy cream? Can that be an issue? He shares a great story 
about his clients. What's wrong with calories in versus calories out? <laughs> Very controversial subject, we'll get into that. And then his documentary, Fat, and his documentary, Fat Part 2 and Part 3. What? Yep, you're gonna hear all about that and what inspired the documentary. It was such a great conversation. I love Vinny. It was so much fun that Vinny actually, after this interview was done, he invited me on his podcast, the Fitness Confidential Podcast, and we recorded that the day after, and that was amazing. So that should be out soon on his podcast. My girlfriend, Natasha ended up joining me at the end of that podcast, and it was a lot of fun. So we'll put links for his podcast in the notes and his website and just all that stuff. All right, let's have a fun conversation with Vinny. I am blessed, super grateful to have here with me Vinny, who is a fitness and weight loss expert, best-selling author of the Fitness Confidential, he, is, he has been dispelling the widespread mistaken beliefs regarding weight loss and exercise and keto, and he teaches us how to lose weight and get fit and reclaim our lives. Vinny has almost 40 years of experience in the fitness and weight loss industry in Hollywood combined with an absolute commitment to good health. Vinny has helped hundreds of thousands of people around the world lose hundreds of thousands of unhealthy pounds easily and sustainably. Vinny's listeners know him for his fearless humor, unwavering honesty, extraordinary nose for BS, and a simple message. Join Vinny and myself as we have an amazing conversation. Hey, Vinny. Ben, thanks for having me on, man. This is fabulous. You know, I wish I'd known it was going to be video. I would have combed my hair and everything and had a better background up for you. But, you know, we're going to still get the information out, which is the important part. That is the important part. And uh, it's all good. You look great, brother. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation regardless of any background. Your story is very inspirational. And uh, I'd love for you to just open up and share with my audience who are not familiar with your, your story, if you could uh, just share your story with us, please. Yeah, you, you know, I've been in the fitness business, I think you mentioned it up front for about 40 years. Most of that, you know, 30 of those years I spent in Hollywood getting people, as they call it there, red carpet ready. My kind of expertise in Hollywood was getting starlets to look like they looked in the movie because the part people don't realize is between the time they, they do the movie where they might play, you know, <laughs> some vixen that looks really good, they go off and they might have a baby and they go on and have real life and there's a lot of hagen dolls involved and what have you. <laughs> the next thing you know, the movie's coming out, you know, 14 months later, and they still have the baby weight, and not to mention the haagen weight. <laughs> so I would always get that phone call, and these these movie companies need these starlets to look a certain way, period. And they don't care how that sausage is packed. And I would get the call. They would go, hey, you have three weeks. You have four weeks get this person to look like they looked in a movie. Well, you can't just go grab an actress and say, okay, we're going to run until your tongue falls out of your mouth. I mean, it's just not going to, it doesn't work that way. You can't run off 14 months of bad behavior. Well, not that having a kid is bad behavior, but you understand. Totally. Um, so it was all diet. It was all mostly diet. And um, I remember a lot of them used to say to me at the time, they would go, you know, yeah, I'll go along with this bacon and egg thing, but as soon as this movie is over with, 
I don't want to have a heart attack. I'm going to go back to eating regular food like pasta and bread and potatoes and rice and Hagen dazs <laughs> Right. And so it, it used to make me laugh and it made no sense. But look, I was no different. I've talked to Dr. Tim Noakes about this. I've talked to God, a lot of the doctors from back then. We all felt the same way that that too much cholesterol and too much meat could kill you. It could stop your heart. What we didn't realize at the time was not only was it a great way to lose weight, bring down inflammation, make you feel better overall, make high blood pressure go away, you know, get rid of fatty liver disease. Not only did it do all that, but it was actually heart healthy. And that was the part that that was the last kind of, I guess, domino to, to fall uh, for guys like me. And and for, for guys like me, it happened in the mid to late 90s, and coming into the 2000s, where we started just going, no one's dying from this. I'm not dying from it. No one else is. But, you know, Ben, the interesting thing of all of it, I'm going to skip ahead a lot. You have a T-shirt on right now that says ketosis, right? Mm -hmm. You're proud to wear it. You'll wear it outside of your house. You know, it's not like you, you have your MAGA hat and you're hiding from your friend. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> you totally. know what I mean? Like, I can't tell anyone who I'm voting for. Whatever, whatever people do in this world anymore, you know, you're proud to say keto. You got keto, keto camp. You got all this stuff going on, right? When I wrote Fitness Confidential, that was I was writing it in 2010. It came out in 2012-ish. When I was writing that book, I was loath to put the word ketosis in the book. And if you look at it, the word ketosis does not exist. Low carb exists. I, I started calling it NSNG or no sugars, no brains. I did not want to put the word ketosis in that book because I knew the medical community would say, this guy is talking about ketoacidosis and he's trying to kill people. That's a fact. Right. That's what would have happened to me in 2010. But here we are almost in 2021. And somehow guys like myself have become these quasi heroes for, for doing this, you know. Yeah, you know what? Some medical doctors might say that to you right now about ketoacidosis, but I consider you a pioneer in the space because of that. You have been in the space teaching this for so many years, and now we have a sort of a good problem here where keto is very popular because a lot of people are now going on Dr. Google and they're searching for it. But what a lot of people don't understand is that keto is not a diet. It's a metabolic state that has been around since humans have existed. So it's not going anywhere soon. And you teach that. So I'd love for you to dive deep into how you pivoted now from, from back then teaching, you know, no sugars, no grains, low carbs, to then using the word ketosis. How was that transition and what happened when you started using that word? I, I was using it back then. I just wasn't putting it in social media or writing it. And it, once keto became a thing, look, before keto, we were all saying paleo, right? We we're all trying to eat like the caveman ate, the paleolithic era. And that word, kind of like veganism, that word got bastardized, mm -hmm. right? Because people started going, well, paleo, well, hang on. Bumblebees were probably around back then, therefore honey is good, you know? And well, if honey is good, that means, well, wait, fruit was around back there, so I can have fruit sugar. So the, you, you see how it happens. Look, vegan starts off as a good thing. Even though it's not a complete diet, 
real vegans are saying, hey, man, eat vegetables, eat a lot of vegetables, eat whole foods, right? And then you look around and you go, well, wait, hang on. I just read the back of the package of some Oreos. That's vegan. Therefore, vegan, Oreos, vegan. Now we're doing that same thing with keto. Yeah. Right? Now, we're you know, once, God, I remember the first time I heard it, it was probably in 2013. That's how long ago it was, 2013, 2014. Someone came on my podcast and started talking about net carbs. And I, I turned to Anna Volchina and I said, oh, boy, we are going down the wrong road here. This is not going to work. Well, what's wrong with net carbs? It, besides everything? <laughs> It doesn't work. Look, if it worked, I would tell people to do it. They'll, they'll go, what do you have against net carbs? What I have against it is I'm giving something away for free. I'm not charging for this information. I've kept it free the entire time I've been out there doing this. And why would I lie to anyone? Why would I push something? It's not like I'm pushing them to keto because I'm getting money from the keto society of america <laughs> right I, don't take that i'm going i'm, I'm <laughs> journey on the line <laughs> you know it's not like i make a dime i'm saying keto or and i own i own the registration that the rights to nsng no sugars no grains the government gave me that trademark early on because i was using it in commerce and people say to me well, geez man, why don't you you know, get together with Nabisco and Kraft and Unilever, and they can make products. And you can, do you know how rich I could be right now, this minute, if I went to Unilever and said, hey, let's develop a product, let's put NSNG on the product, and uh, you guys can license it for 10 years, I would have a line of Ferraris out the door with a whore in every passenger seat with a line of blow on the dashboard. That's that's the kind of money I would have, right? Yeah. And I don't even like Ferraris, whores, or blow. Right? <laughs> but I would have it. Why not? I would be that rich. <laughs> I just lost half your audience. <laughs> no, you would be rich monetarily, and you would be mentally, or your soul would be bankrupt, right? I would, yeah, I would be morally bankrupt. Right. Uh, if I that. And that's what's happened to keto because I, I saw I see products all the time now. It'll say keto certified, and yeah. look at that. Go, who's certifying keto? The <laughs> FDA won't even you know the, the FDA does nothing from what I can tell when it comes to helping us. They're not certifying keto. They're not certifying vegan. They're not certifying paleo. It's the Keto Society of America, Finny. Yeah, my, my new company, Keto Society of America. It doesn't roll off the tongue. We, 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 I need to make it an acronym. Yeah, yeah. Acronyms crush, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You know, it would be like if you took a bowl of sugar, right, and you wrapped it up and you put a stamp on it and said, this is keto certified. Yeah, right. Just because... It's keto certified just because I'm from keto camp and I put that there, but it's not keto certified because in reality, it's not good for you. Uh, you're right. It's been bastardized. It's been, that's the double-edged sword and the nature of the beast. But then the great thing is that we have conversations like this and there's actually people teaching keto and paleo the right way. And they're cutting through all that noise and, and conversations like this cut through all that noise. I want to transition into 
why keto is so great. I know why it's so great. It's one of the reasons it's because of the role of insulin. And the way that I explain insulin, very similar to the, similar to the way that you explain it, Vinny, insulin is that bully of the block hormone that when it's around, all your fat burning hormones are gone. And it's not the bad guy, but it can be the bad guy. So can you break down insulin from somebody who has uh, some sort of understanding because their friend takes insulin who has diabetes to somebody who has an advanced knowledge of insulin? Yeah, you know, you just you touched on it just now, Ben. Insulin is that weird thing. You sit there and you go, well, if insulin's so bad, why does my friend with T1 need insulin to live, right? Well, it's a very simple thing. Insulin is a very worthy hormone. We need insulin to live. Basically, Insulin, all hormones control mechanisms in our bodies. And I'll keep it, I'll just leave it that simple. Insulin does a lot of things. It, it regulates a lot of things. But one of the things it will do is it gets released to go down and cover sugar in our liver, right? And what insulin does is when, when you take it, let's say you ate a piece of fruit, right? Well, the fruit has some fiber, it's got some water, but it has some sugar. But because it, you ate the whole fruit, the fruit would go from your stomach, it, you know, it'd take a few hours for it to matriculate, and you know, it gets to your liver. Now you have this sugar coming into your liver. Well, the insulin goes down and starts to do its job. It starts to convert some of that sugar into glucose, and it stores it in your muscles, your blood, it just stores it around a bit. But in order to maintain homeostasis, we never have more than a couple of teaspoons of sugar that we need in our blood. You know, you don't think about it. If someone has low blood sugar, they can eat like a couple of um, uh, Lifesaver candies, and that would bring their sugar level right up. You know, and you don't need to eat a big chunk of chocolate cake or a carton of ice cream to get your sugar up. Very little will do it. Right. So that's a good thing. But once your body has maintained homeostasis, everything is topped off. Now you have all of this extra sugar. So you keep releasing insulin to do something with that sugar. Well, it can't just go anywhere. We can't store sugar much further than where we can store it in the muscles and the blood. So our body's converted into what's called a long-chain triglyceride and stores it as a fat. Here's the sad news about long-chain triglycerides. We have fat going in and out of our cells all day long. Think of a, a checking account at the bank, right? No one actually writes checks anymore, but we have checking accounts, and we use Vimeo, and we use, did I say Vimeo, but we're Venmo. Venmo. Yeah, we use, <laughs> Cash App, yeah. Yeah, we use all these different things. So you constantly have money flowing in and out of those accounts, right? Yeah. And that's just the way it works. Our fat cells constantly, we regulate energy in and out of those fat cells all day long. The ones we use mostly are short chain and medium chain triglycerides because they can flow in and out of the cells very easily, right? But a long chain triglyceride makes it into the cell and it stays. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that you can never get it out, but it stays in that cell. And it takes a lot of work to get it out. My good friend, Gary Taubes, 
said it very eloquently in one of his books, I want to say in Why We Get Fat. He said a long-chain triglyceride is like buying a bed at Ikea. When you buy the bed, you have the frame and it's all separate. You have the mattress, the box spring, the sheets, the covers. Well, you can easily walk that bed into a bedroom, right? You walk it into the door. But then once you've set it up in that bedroom, it's hard to get that bed out unless you work to break it down. Think of a long-chain triglyceride that way. That's a great analogy. Great, great analogy. Yeah, he, he's very eloquent with his uh, analogies, and they stick with you. So insulin does that. You know, it, it causes us to get fat. Number one, it pushes fat into our fat cells. It'll leave fat to hang around your liver, fatty liver disease. And when we start releasing it too much too often with glycogen loads, meaning you're having too much pasta, rice, potato, corn, what have you, you're not just getting a spike in insulin, you're getting a load. So it's constantly releasing. And what that does is it makes us resistant. It makes us insulin resistant, right? We're too high in our own supply of insulin. And that causes a greater problem. And then we end up with a little something called type 2 diabetes, which would be better served if we called it sugar diabetes. You're right. It comes from too much sugar, right? So did I explain that correctly or did I go off into the weeds too much? You explained it really well. You know, there's something to add to it is that it's not just the processed sugars like you mentioned. It's the granola, the, the two slices of wheat bread that you're having with toast. It's all of those carbohydrates that are being converted to sugar and then eventually being stored as fat. And then we have to work on unpacking that, the analogy of the bed. So that's why insulin is, is important because it's a survival mechanism. If we didn't have insulin, we wouldn't exist today. That's why keto is so great. So... The key is to eat foods that are insulin friendly, which are healthy fats and proteins, uh, aka a keto diet or even a paleo low carb diet. But then the question is this, Vinny can fat make you fat if you eat it in excess? Yeah, but yes, the answer is yes. There is nothing you can eat with impunity, but inherently, fats are not going to make you fat. And the example I like to, to give for that is, look, you know, if I'll give two examples. If I gave you a family bag of Doritos, any kind of corn chip, right? And that family bag of Doritos, you tell yourself you're going to eat a few of them, but you end up eating the whole bag because once you start eating them, you can't stop. Yeah. Right. Because there's other hormones besides insulin that gets released as ghrelin and leptin. And once these hormones start getting released, they cause us to continue to eat the food. And by the way, we become resistant to those hormones, too. Ghrelin is the hormone that's supposed to tell you you're hungry. Right. Leptin is the hormone supposed to tell you you're full. And a lot of people who are morbidly obese, they'll say, Vinny, you don't understand. I can't stop eating. And I always tell them, I do understand. But yes, you can stop eating because you will eat that whole family bag of corn chips. No problem. And if there was another bag, you'd probably start those too. Right. And the person who does that, they'll say, I'm a loser. I'm out of control. And you can eat another bag if it was available. But if I took you to a steakhouse and you had a nice, good, fatty, giant steak, right? 
if when you were taking your last bite, they brought out another sizzle. I mean, it's still sizzling on the plate. And they put you would tell them to bag it up. You would have to take it home. You can't eat it. So why is that? In one case, the ghrelin and leptin was just pouring out and pouring out, and you were trying to scratch an itch in the middle of your back you couldn't actually ever get to, so you just kept scratching around it. With the meat, you feel sated, right? And once you're sated, that's it. You, you don't want any more, right? You're topped off. You're good to go. You're full. You feel full, right? You don't feel bloated. You feel full, right? So in one case, I know this for, for a fact, most family bags of any kind of corn chip is 17 ounces of corn, right? And when you're done with that, you can eat another bag of it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've had morbidly obese people tell me this over the years. They would, If there was two or three bags, they would do it. I've heard every story you can hear. I had a woman tell me she put half of a birthday cake in the garbage and sprinkled Comet cleanser all onto the top of it and then an hour later, took it out of the garbage, scraped around the comic cleanser, and still ate it. That's wow. how strong that urge is to want to eat something, right, when you're doing that. But with the meat, not 17 ounces, usually 12 to 14 ounces in any restaurant, right, you're completely full. So when you say, can you get fat on fat? Yes. Look, if you're drinking a carton of heavy whipping cream and, and a block of butter and, 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 of course, of course, you're gonna, th there is nothing you can do with impunity, but you're not going to do it. You're going to feel full on fatty things versus carby things. D does that explain it? Yeah, it totally does. And, and it's that hormonal response that goes back to that conversation. It's the, um, the cholecystokinin, the peptide YY, those hormones that say, hey, you're full, stop eating, and you can't eat another six ounces of steak, but then that dessert cart comes around, and you're like, yeah, I'll have some cake. So that's a perfect example of that. You said you had two examples. What was the second one, or was that the whole thing? Uh, I think that was the whole thing. I, I was probably, before the nailing started, I probably had <laughs> two examples, but I'm so old now that I can't, if the other one pops into my head, oh, yeah, I, I remember the second one. I was going to give the, you know, the story of this woman. Uh, we'll call her Gabriella because that was actually her name. I've talked about this woman on my podcast several times over the years. Yeah, I know Gabriella. Do you know her? Uh, I know your story of her is what okay. I mean. Um, do you mind if I tell it? No, I want you to. I'd, I'd love for you. It's a great story, yeah. Yeah, but it, it goes back to can fat make you fat. And Gabriella, she was uh, Spanish. You know, she was from Spain. She was living in Corpus Christi with her husband, and she paid attention. She had done a couple of consults with me and she had lost like a, a lot of weight, 70 pounds. She wasn't a very tall woman. She had lost like 70 pounds, beautiful woman. And she set up another consult and it was months and months. And, and you know, she said, and, and she goes, Hey, I stopped losing weight. And I was like, okay, how much more weight do you have to lose? She goes, well, probably another 30 pounds. You know, she was probably 100 pounds overweight. She had lost about 70. And I said, huh. So the thing I do with everyone, I have them take, I have them take me through their diet. You know, A through Z, just take me through the diet. And she's taking me through it. And I make them tell me everything because I have to think the way their liver is seeing things, right? I have to mm -hmm. become their liver. 
And she starts by saying, I have um, coffee in the morning with heavy cream in it. And uh, I do that and I have some eggs and, you know, I have a long commute to work, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half to work. And uh, I take my, my big coffee tumbler with me and I put the coffee in there and I, I put, you know, half and half and um, I go off to work. And, and she goes, I drink that all morning until about noontime. And then I have lunch and she goes on with her day. I couldn't find anything wrong with her diet. She was doing it perfectly, yet she has stopped losing weight. So I talked to her for about 10 minutes. I let her relax. I said, Gabriella, take me through your, your morning again. I wake up in the morning. I put the heavy cream in my coffee. And then, you know, I drink a big giant mug, sometimes two with the heavy cream, you know, the half and half. And then I go to work and I put the heavy cream. I said, well, well hang on. You keep mentioning heavy cream, and sometimes you mention half and half. Which is it? She goes, yeah, it's heavy cream. And I said, well, what about the half and half? She goes, yeah, half and half. I said, well, wait, do you put heavy cream and half and half? She goes, no, silly. I put half a cup of heavy cream and half a cup of coffee. <laughs> before I leave the house and then I take my big tumbler I put half cream and the other half coffee so we figured out that she was having two giant mugs before she left the house she was having about 10 ounces of cream and eggs in the morning and then she was having another eight or nine ounces of cream in her coffee cup because it was like one of those 16 ounce deals right and she was taking that to work with her. She was having 18 ounces or so of heavy cream every morning. Wow. She wasn't gaining weight, but she wasn't losing weight. She was living on that amount of heavy cream and whatever other food she ate all day. So that's the other example. Even when you do screw up with too much fat, you may not get fat. Yeah, great example. And uh, I know some individuals, some clients of mine in the past who have been guilty of the same. So great share there. You know, I was talking when you were off air for a little bit about the calories in versus calories out. I'd love to talk about it because you're very vocal about it. I am too. So is Gary, Gary Tobbs, who's he's coming on my show next month about uh, the case for keto. But yeah, could you just explain why it's just a distraction, the whole focusing in calories in, calories out, and just your whole viewpoint on that? Yeah, you know, that was one of my first clues early on when I was still at Tulane. And we're talking, God, Ben, your parents weren't even introduced at the time. We're talking 1981, 82. And I was sitting outside. I was doing, uh, you know, I would be in the lab all the time. I was getting a degree in exercise physiology. And you, we've all seen the Gatorade commercials where they got like the guy all hooked up to stuff and the thing in his mouth. And, you know, he's on a treadmill as the athlete is like, Gatorade, we do all this research and we're Gatorade. Well, we used to actually do that in the lab with real athletes, right? We'd, we'd try to figure the VO2 max and we would, uh, you know, we would prick their fingers when they're at uh, anaerobic threshold and do all the stuff to figure out how it all works, right? And we had the best athletes at Tulane. We had, you know, we would bring the track stars in. And I was having lunch with a girl named Linda. She was one of my lab partners. She became a physical therapist. And 
we both had a sandwich of some sort. We were sitting on, on the bench right outside of the lab. And then she brought out a bag of M&Ms. Now, you're going to find this silly, but M&Ms used to come in a little tiny bag. It was basically a handful of candy back when candy came in normal size packaging, right? So Linda did what any normal human being would do. She poured some out in her hand, and she handed me the other half of the bag, right? And I poured some out, and I put them in my mouth, and I turned the bag over. And I went, ha! Huh. And Linda hated when I went, ha! Huh. Because I was going to bring something up in science that nobody else was talking about, nor would anyone else care about. And she goes, oh, God, what? I said, there's 178 calories in this little tiny bag of M&Ms. She goes, yeah, so? I said, yeah, so, yeah, everything. This is how nerds talk, by the way. <laughs> and she goes, what does that have to do with anything? I said, Linda, I've been trying to lose weight because when I got out of football, I had gotten heavy, right? I played football in college. And again, I said, Linda, I've been trying to lose this excess fat. And everyone's talking about calorie in, calorie out. And they tell you to exercise more and eat less, right? And I said, that wasn't sitting well with me to begin with. But now I have the biggest clue in the world that this does not work. And she said, okay, I'll bite. I said, we were just in the lab with an athlete, and we had this guy at anaerobic threshold for 18 minutes. She goes, yeah, so what? I said, if you include his warm-up, the 18 minutes and the cool down, he was like 25 minutes. We had this guy on the treadmill, maybe even 30. She goes, yeah. I said, and he didn't even burn this bag of M&Ms in calories. We know that because we were counting his calories. We saw he, we were catching his breath. That's what the thing is in his mouth. We knew exactly what this guy was doing. I said, there is no way you can run away from a bad diet. You can't go jog this away because no matter what, you can't even burn off a bag of M&Ms. How are you going to burn off breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, alcoholic beverages? How do you burn it off? You can't. You cannot do it. And she goes, but that's the way it works. I said, it can't be. It cannot be. And that's when I came up with my theory and said, if you run a car out of gas, you cannot expect it to keep running. You can't. Once it's out of gas, if you want to keep it moving, you got to get behind it and push it. That's your options. Or you could put more gas in it, right? You can't run your body out of energy and think it's going to just convert right over to its fat stores because the first thing your brain's going to do when you go calorie in, calorie out is tell your body, your brain's going to go, wait a minute, I'm starving. You need to stop right now. I'm not going to let you do anything else until you fill up again. And we've seen that with athletes after athlete after athlete bonking in the middle of races and everything else. It's happened to me. So I know it happens, right? So you got to ask yourself, how do you get your body fat adapted? Well, get it used to ketones. Because once your body learns how to use that energy, when it does need to tap into its fat stores, it'll do it like that. It's kind of like a Prius. You never know if it's running on gas or electric. It just keeps rolling smoothly down the road. 
your body can become the same thing. Mm, love that analogy. And that's that, that's to your point that you always say uh, that uh, exercise for fat loss is a poor strategy, right? Because you just made that point. Yeah. You have a couple of, well, you have a documentary called Fat Documentary. It's on your hat right now. If you're watching here on YouTube, it's a great documentary. I watched it last year. I love that you guys did a great job really debunking a lot of myths surrounding not just keto, but saturated fat and cholesterol. And you touched upon a little bit about that at the beginning of the episode. Uh, could, sh- could you share what inspired you to create this documentary? And we have some exciting news. I've just found out before the episode that you're releasing part two and then you have part three in the work. So please share all about that. Yeah. Um, I guess because I wrote the book and I was kind of the, the first low carb podcast out there, you know, we, we have over 1700 shows now we've been doing it for nine years. Hell, we were one of the early podcasts, not just in health and fitness or low carb. We were an early podcast. And, um, you know, you, the aforementioned Gary Taubes would come on a show, Tim Noakes, you know, uh, Nina Taisho's, David Perlmutter. I, it was my, my show became this who's who's list of these big time doctors from around the world. So people started saying to me, man, you should do the movie. And I would go, man, I don't know anything about doing a movie. So leave me alone. Yeah, and, and the other reason they wanted me to do a movie was because of my proximity to Hollywood. For some reason, people think, hey, you know a lot of actors, a lot of producers, therefore you should be able to do this movie. And I'm like, that's like saying I live in Cape Canaveral, therefore I can run the rocket ship. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, no, I, I'm not a movie maker. I'm, I'm a... I'm a guy with an exercise physiology degree in nutrition on the side. And I heard it enough. And one time I was interviewing this kid, uh, Peter Pardini. I met him when I was doing the Adam Carolla show. And he was a big fan of me. He had lost a lot of weight. And Peter said he, he was coming off of a big documentary he did called Now More Than Ever about the band Chicago. And he said, hey, man you should do a movie. And I said, Peter, everyone says I should do a movie. I don't have that kind of money. I'm told that it would cost a half a million dollars and don't expect to get your money back. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, that doesn't sound like a good idea for me. He goes, you could probably do it for 150,000. And I was like, well, I guess, but will I get my money back? I don't, you know, that would be all, all of my money. I don't like that idea. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and he said, well, why don't you crowdfund it? And I said, terrific. I will crowdfund it because here's what I knew for absolutely true. I knew that nobody would give me a dime. So if I crowdfund it, no one will give me money. And then everyone can leave me alone about this movie. So that was my game plan. I was going to prove everyone wrong by crowdfunding a movie and I was going to go down in flames and everyone's going to go, yes, we will never ask him to do another movie. Well, I got the 150,000. As a matter of fact, I got 250,000. Wow. And um, actually it was more than that because some people said, Hey, I don't want to give any money to the crowdfunding campaign. Can I just stroke you a check? Mm. 
a lot of people did that. So it was more like, I don't know, over 260 or 270, something like that, which, as it turns out, was not enough money to do the movie because we did it correctly. We didn't skimp on anything. I wanted this movie to be the best movie it could possibly be on that subject. So I ended up putting some of my own money into it at the end. And we put it out. You know, we, we did this movie. Uh, we had everybody from Dr. Brett Shear to Eric Westman to... Do people know who those guys are? Eric Westman wrote the new Atkins for a new you. Totally, yeah. Keto Clarity with Jimmy Moore. Yeah, Brett Shear is a cardiologist, yep. Yeah, um, uh, Ivor Cummins was in it. Uh, Dave Feldman, Gary Taubes, Nina Teichos. <laughs> I could go on and on and on, right? So anyway... Everybody's in a movie. We do the movie. And it goes up. I'm expecting no one's going to watch the movie. And day two of it being on iTunes, we were catching up to, like, like fifth place. So, of course, it's like, God, we're number five in documentaries on iTunes. Wow. I wonder who's number one. So <laughs> I looked right. at number one, and it was free solo. So I went, okay, there's no way we're going to beat Free Solo. And I woke up the next morning and Free Solo was number two. We were number one. And we stayed there for a long time. And I was like, holy sh**. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm like a kid, right? I'm like, in what world? We have like, um, what do you call that? Where you take pictures of stuff on the internet, um, frame like shot. Oh, yeah, like a screenshot. Screenshot. We got screenshots of me being number one. We went to number one on all of iTunes at one point, beating out um, some big giant movie. It only stayed there for a few minutes and it crept back down. And the whole time that was going on, the movie was on Amazon and they had it under like action adventure. Even though the name of the movie was Fat A Documentary, the word documentary was in the title. Amazon put it in the wrong category, and it started winning that category. <laughs> Action Adventure, we were moving up. And then we called Amazon and said, hey, it's in the wrong category. They put it like under, I, I don't know, I want to say like uh, romantic comedies after that. <laughs> and it's like, guys, come on, come on. As soon as they put it on documentaries, it shot to number one there. And then they made it part of Amazon Prime, which shot it to like some stratosphere of people seeing it. So then every airline, I'm bragging too much about it, but I can't help it. Go for every it, man. Started picking it up. People would be on Malaysian Airlines going, your movie's on Malaysian Airlines. Um, this is me doing Twitter. Your movie. <laughs> That's super cool, man. Keep going. It, it was, it was. I would call Serena. I would be like on Alaska Airlines in, in Peoria. It's like, honey, the movie is on in Peoria. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I would wait because I, I fly. I used to fly a lot before the COVID thing to do talks. And um, I would wait for about an hour and I would go to the back of the plane and go to the bathroom. And then I would walk back slowly looking at everybody's chair. <laughs> who was watching my movie. Like, and, that's me. Yeah, and I wanted to. I, as a matter of fact, one time the guy next to me was watching it, and I looked over and I said, hey, man, it's me, right? <laughs> and he looked over and he's like this millennial kid. He goes, cool. 
It's like, you're not going to ask me questions about the movie? Come on. I'm right here. You know? That's uh, too funny. He, he wasn't impressed, the millennial. You got to get him better next time. <laughs> you millennials, get impressed with an old dude. Come on. <laughs> that's awesome. That That's so awesome. I mean, rightfully so, Vinny, though. I, I love the documentary. It was well done. I'll put, for those listening or watching, we'll put links for the, the one that's already out on Amazon in the notes of this podcast. But now you have part two coming out. So how did that spawn? When we did the first movie, I overshot it. I asked a bunch of people more questions. They must, you know, they must have thought I was crazy. Gary, you know, Gary's a close friend, not a close. It's like we don't hang out and drink scotch because we live far apart. But Gary's a friend. Nina's a friend. You know, Nina and I, I guess, talk more because, well, she's cute. Gary's not that cute, <laughs> right? You know, but we all talk, right? And they were like. Why are you asking me that question? It's like, just answer the question, you know? <laughs> so um, I asked them all a lot of extra questions because I had this idea for what would happen after the movie. And um, during COVID, I had a lot of downtime. So I started going through that footage and started melding it all together and started pulling it together and pulled together another 87-minute movie. These are not extras or seconds or anything. As a matter of fact, I called Gravitas Ventures, who put the first movie out, and I said, hey, guys, I just want you to know I'm putting the second movie out. I'm calling it Fat 2. I'm going to put it out myself. I'm going to put it on Vimeo and a few other places. And, you know, and um, the head of Gravitas, um, uh, Brendan Gallagher, he goes, you mind if I take a look at it? And I said, yeah, yeah. And so we sent, I sent it to him. And he called that night. You know, this is the head of Gravitas. He had it for like three hours. He called in the fourth hour and he said, uh, we got to have this movie. And I said, oh, come on. And I said, he goes, no, we have to have this movie. And I said, well, I'm just going to put it out myself and see if I can make a few bucks and I can keep this whole train going. He goes, he made a better deal with me on the second movie than the first movie. Wow. He said, this movie kicks butt on your first. He goes, my first movie was the number one selling documentary Gravitas has ever sold. They're wow. looking at this one as being a better movie. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope it does as well as the first movie. That's super exciting. And you said it's coming out in uh, January 2021. Is that correct? Yeah, we want it to come out on the 2nd of January. We cannot get a guarantee on that because, you know, a lot of things have to happen. But sometime in the first 15 days of January, it'll be out. Awesome. And then you're working on part three, which will be also out in 2021. Is that the plan or the year after? Give me some breathing room, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Everybody's hassling you about these documentaries because they're doing so well, man. <laughs> I'm an old guy that just <laughs> podcast, right? The third script I've been working on. And I say script because, you know, I think a lot of documentaries that I see, I saw a really good one recently called uh, Sacred Cow. You might want to get her on the show. Diana, whatever her name is, Diana. I'll think of it in a second. That movie is really good. Uh, she sent me an advanced copy of it. They they spent time on that movie. Diana knew what she wanted to do. A lot of times, I think the vegans do this a lot of times. They just go, okay, we're going to throw a lot of 
on the wall and see what sticks. You know, and they'll just throw propaganda out. Here's propaganda. Here's propaganda. If if you eat dairy, you're going to have pus in your body. Or you know, They just make up things. One egg is like smoking a pack of cigarettes. That's made up. You know, um, eggs will cause, you know, type 2 diabetes. That's completely made up. I refuse to make anything up. Diana refused to make anything up also. And in order to do that, you have to have a script. You have to write down... I want the movie to start like this. All right, now I want it like this. Who am I going to put in that first scene? And who's going to talk about this? What can I say about it? What can I lend to it personally? And then once I say something, who's going to back me up on that? Do I get Gary Taubes? Do I get Ian Felt? Do I get Ivor Cummins? Do I get Tim Noakes? Gary Fetke? You know, and once you have that, you go to number two and number three. But it's got to tell a story at the mm-hmm. end, right? You want the whole thing to tell a story because people have to hang on to something. And the story has to make sense. And the story has to be the truth, right? If you don't have all of that, you just have a vegan propaganda film. Right. You have conspiracy, or you have Forks Over Knives, you know, or What the Health, or yeah. Game Changers, or any other piece of crap they've put out there. I look at those movies and I go, you guys had real money behind this. Could you at least try next time? Totally. They do more more harm than good. The production value is incredible. Production is great, but the information is does more harm than good. So I, I respect that. I, I respect that you cross your, your T's and dot your I's and make sure that it's a legit uh, documentary. And by the way, Keto Campers, it's a great documentary for your friends and family members or coworkers who are on the fence about keto, who actually think that your heart is going to explode and they actually want to see some actual research on the benefits of fat, you send them a documentary. So we'll put all the links and resources down below. We're about out of time. Where do you want to send the listeners and viewers today to check out more of your work, Vinny? Yeah, um, the best place to go is uh, VinnyTortorich.com. I know that's a, a mouthful, V-I-N-N-I-E, T as in Tom, O-R, T as in Tom again, O-R-I-C-H, VinnyTortorich.com. I have a lot of free content there. I have a free PDF. Uh, whenever anything happens, you know, I don't bombard people with anything. You know, if we have something to tell you, like, hey, a new movie's coming out, if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get that. And we don't send newsletters out weekly or monthly or bi-monthly. We send them out when there's something important to say. So you might get somewhere between on a bad year, five emails from me that year, on a good year, two or three. But when you get one, you know, someone even said to me once, Ben, um, uh, some analyst, he goes, you have a 75% open rate on your emails. That's The industry standard is like 7%. He goes, how do you do that? I said, I never send anyone emails. But when I do, they know it's something that they want to read. Right? Um, You can check me out at VinnyTortorich.com. I have a podcast called The Fitness Confidential Podcast. On Amazon, I have a book called Fitness Confidential, just like the podcast. And that'll lead you down a ton of rabbit holes. But most of all, I want you guys to keep listening to Keto Camp with Ben Azadi because the guy's got it all figured out. And uh, he even has a, a thing behind him that says Keto Camp, which means he's more professional than me. So <laughs> that guy. 
Uh, thank you for that, Vinny. And yeah, go check out Vinny's work. He, he's been very influential in my work. And we'll put all of your resources and links and social media handles in the notes down below. We have Rachel who does that for us. So thank you, Rachel. Vinny, you are a lot of fun to chat with. I knew it would be fun because you got a great personality, great sense of humor, a lot of knowledge, but it was even better than I expected. So thank you for showing up authentically. And I really enjoyed the conversation. I can't wait to bring you back and I can't wait to go watch the fat documentary too. Thank you so much for your work, Vinny. Thank you, sir. I hope you enjoyed that fun conversation with Vinny. If you want to watch the video interview of what you just listened to, head to youtube.com where you can watch the video interview with Vinny. Text this to a friend. Text it to somebody you know who could get value from a conversation like this. And please leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Check out Vinny's work and his links and resources and social media and everything that we discussed can be found in the notes of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.